Blog Talk Radio. This is all about wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Call our guest line at any time during the live show at area code 646-727-3235. And let's talk about wine. Again, the phone number to call is 646-727-3235. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. All right. Another week. We're back. Amazing. On time, perfect audio. Uh, you you yeah. sound like you're in a professional studio somewhere. Um, wow. Fantastic! Wow. It's uh, yeah, just, this is great. Yeah, we're talking about our little girl that lets us know what time it is and all that other stuff. We talked mm-hmm. about you know maybe finding a replacement, but then we figured, hey, she's doing a good job. Why why fix something that's not broke? So <laughs> right, <I> mean, <laughs> she's our front office person. Yeah, the front um, office. Yeah, doing well. Although we could have delayed the entry uh, a little bit longer but you know that's uh, that's yeah. how it goes um, and uh i meant to do a new intro without the phone number uh so oh, do oh. not call yeah. don't call the 646 number use the chat feature on the website all about wine btr.com and you'll see it on the lower side lower right side the live chat now something to that effect click on that and then uh, you can start chatting and we'll get it in here and um you know present that to comment or question on, on to uh, Ron during the show sometime. So uh, do that now. On the air. But, 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 yes. only if we're live, like right now. That's true. That's if it. it's Thursday, yeah. the 17th of January, 2012, do use that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 2012. <laughs> 2012? I wait, thought I would throw that in there. Somebody's going to listen to this in archives. What? <laughs> I think I heard this already. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. 2019, uh, January 2019, 17th. But uh, yeah, between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern time. If it's that time, if you want to get a question or a comment to, to the show, go to the website and click on that live chat button. It's real simple and uh, easier on everybody all the way around. <laughs> all the way around. Yeah. And if you don't do it during the live broadcast you can always still ask me questions and email us or you go to facebook or any of those things and we'll answer your questions and and yeah. or bring them up to the show and talk about them or whatever so yeah and the information is uh, on the show page on blog talk radio so when you see like the topic wine industry news updates and more on All About Wine with Ron down below uh, in that area where the description of the show is. Uh, it has the email address and the uh, link to the website. So um, follow that and everybody will be happy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yes. You will be happy. You don't understand. Yeah, you will be happy. So. Uh, <laughs> 703. But yeah. Yeah. Good. Anytime, anytime you want to get in touch, you can. You know, if you listen to this in an archive and you say, oh, I was wondering, then get in touch. And yeah. we will we will answer questions on the air. Or if you don't want it on the air, just let me know. Please email me and I will. It's simple as that. So we got uh, we got a few things to talk about tonight. Nothing nothing earth sharing, but there's, oh I wanna you know, while you're here, Mike, I wanted to talk about something. We have talked about in the past alternative meat where they can now make meat in the laboratory. It's culturing cells in a lab. They can make chicken or turkey or beef or ham or any of that by culturing cells in a laboratory. And Missouri passed a law, uh, 
I'm not sure how long ago, but Nebraska is looking at passing a similar law that's going to regulate the term meat on products. The uh, uh, They consider meat, and the lawmakers in Nebraska say, any edible portion of any livestock or poultry, carcass or part thereof, and excluding lab-grown or insect or plant-based food products. They'll make it a crime. You can't sell it, you can't advertise it, and all that. Um, so, you know, Nebraska's coming in because the license plates say things like beef state on it, and the uh, governor declares May is beef month in Nebraska. But it's a $12.1 billion business for the state, and they're afraid that these other meats are going to step in there. And, of course, the other meat places uh, – have their own term. They're calling it clean meat, which you can imagine how the meat industry is so strongly opposed to that, calling, you know, I have meat here, but they're making clean meat. And then people, oh, wow, I think I want clean meat. But the Good Food Institute, the American Civil Liberties Union of Missouri, the Animal Legal Defense Fund, and plant-based food company Tofurky have filed a federal lawsuit challenging the Missouri law. So we'll see what happens here. But I just, this whole thing just fascinates me in the fact that they're doing this uh, this synthetic meat and uh, they're, they're trying to come up with ways and rules and laws and stuff to protect the, the name of meat. I mean, we've talked about... <laughs> Name protection in the past. Now it's starting to affect yeah. things like meat. Yeah, so I wow. thought that was. I mean, are, are people actually eating this alternative meat yet, or is it just? They're, they're, saying, it just... Tastes, they're saying it tastes just like it. That's you know the, the reports I've read. I, I've never, never had it myself. I've never seen it available actually, but they're saying it is just like meat. Hmm. They're not. Uh, uh, it is, you know, the cell structures and all that stuff, and they're, uh, well, you know, things like tofu dogs and, uh, uh, you know, veggie burgers and things like that. They're they're pushing those things uh, as a good alternative, and you know, veggie burgers and stuff. Well, you know, the burgers always like meat. So, um, yeah, there's, you know, there's, interesting. It, it should be interesting what's going to become of all this. It really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious of how they're going to, yeah, especially when it starts hitting the market, some of these other stuff, when it starts hitting the market, they're, they're saying it's, the reports I'm saying is, is reading say that, hey, you know, it's just like the real stuff, which I don't know if you don't know when you're eating it. Maybe you say, ooh, it is just like real stuff. But if you do know, I, I, you might get a bias on it or something, like $3 wine. You need to get a bias on that once you know it's a $3 wine. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, it is interesting. I just find that whole thing just, just fascinating out there. If anybody's out there involved with any of that stuff, get in touch with me. I'd love to talk about it more because I just, you know, dedicate a, a, a short time on the program about it. Um, so, today is the 17th, which is National Hot Buttered Rum Day. Uh, tomorrow, National Gourmet Coffee Day. Saturday, National Popcorn Day, which is, you know, depends on how you fix it and all that, the National Popcorn Day. Sunday, National Cheese Lovers Day. And National Butter Crunch Day. And Sunday, Cheese Lover's Day, you can really pair a lot of wines. I read an article um, this week about a cheese and wine pairing and what goes well with other, with cheeses and certain wines and all that. And interesting how some of them were matched up and paired up. I've never considered the possibility, so... Monday, Martin Luther King Day, and for all of you who are off that day, good for you. 
It's also National Granola Bar Day. Tuesday, National Southern Food Day. There's a good one to have some wines with, some some sweet wines. Also, National Blonde Brownie Day or Blondie Day. Wednesday, National Pie Day. And it's also National Rhubarb Pie Day. So you can celebrate with all types of pies, but if you really want to get specific, National Rhubarb Pie Day. My dad used to love a rhubarb pie. That and gooseberry. That was his two favorite pies. And then next week, week from today, National Peanut Butter Day and Lobster Thermidor Day. So pull out your wine to match them up with those each day and help celebrate the the days that are coming up this next week. And while I'm talking about stuff, let me click on this here. It's if I can find my cursor. There it is. Coming up, let's see. Demonico Winery has an event. Come on, Demonico, pop up on me. There we go. Demonico Winery uh, is uh, got. Let's see, some events coming up. They've got uh, Wide Open Eats. Uh, is uh, 10 health benefits of drinking a daily glass of wine. Uh, let me click on that, the 10 benefits, and run through this quite quickly with you here. 10 benefits of drinking wine daily. I think I'm going to get it here. My machine lets me. Uh, there we go. It contains antioxidants. That's a good thing. Antioxidants every day. Uh, this is a slow load here. Uh, and then it pops up with this other here. I don't want to learn more. I want you to X out of this. Uh, okay, there we go. Um, I was looking through the site earlier. It was driving me crazy. It boosts the immune system. It increases bone density. It reduces the risk of stroke. It reduces the risk of heart attack. It can and does lower cholesterol. It reduces the risk of type 2 diabetes. It reduces the risk of cancer. It improves cognitive functions. Makes you think better and remember stuff. And it promotes longevity. So there's a reason to have wine every day. All sorts of good reasons there. So if you're ever looking for a reason, just you know, I'm reducing my chances of cancer or diabetes or lower my cholesterol or reducing the risk of heart disease and stuff. All that is benefits of a glass of wine every day. So uh, you can uh, add those to your list. Uh, Demonico Winery has some things coming up here. Uh, let me pull on this. Uh, it has opinionation at the Demonico Winery every Wednesday night at 6.30. It's uh, uh, a game and uh, trivia and stuff. Uh, they have a, uh, and coming up on January 23rd, they have uh, Opinionation Game Night, Brain Blast Trivia, and uh, all sorts of things coming up. They have a Night of Amore, uh, which obviously February 14th, uh, Rumba and Romance come up February the 9th. Uh, wine and Design, uh, Cork Visions, uh, talking about Corks and stuff. Uh, comics going to be in uh, next month. Uh, just a bunch of stuff happening at DeMonico Winery. DeMonico Winery is located in Tennessee, uh, Baxter, Tennessee, actually. It's 600 Lance Drive in Baxter, Tennessee. You can check them out on Facebook. Uh, www.facebook.com slash Delmonico Winery. D-E-L-M-O-N-A-C-O. Delmonico Winery. 
and uh, find out if you're anywhere around around Tennessee uh, over the next month or so. There's all sorts of things happening there. And we also have Ennery River. We haven't talked about them in a while, but they're still around. They're still doing stuff, even in the winter here. Uh, they have wine tasting for two in February, uh, a selection of wine, and a souvenir glass for two people, only $14. Uh-huh. Uh, $7 just is cheap, even if you just buy a glass. That's a good price. They have all sorts of stuff, blueberry wines and blackberry wines. And, well, let's see their wine list here. It says has a click to go to the wine list. Let me click on the, that and see what it says here. Uh, oh, yeah, they got a bunch of stuff. Moscato, Montepasolino, uh, Sangiovese, uh, Sweet. Tipsy Rosé, uh, Maggie May or May Not, uh, an estate blend, uh, Black Spanish, Carlos White, Necky Noble, uh, Car Noble, Blackberry. So a bunch of things available. Uh, where are they located? Henry River is located in... Oh, come on. I got so many tabs open here, it decides to take its sweet time whenever I try to do anything. And uh, there we go. Henry River is located in Newbury, South Carolina. They may be getting snow here, so don't plan a trip this weekend. Newbury, South Carolina. 1650 Dusty Road in Newbury, South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina. And the phone number 803-276-2855. And they will uh, let you know what's coming up. Or you can check out their website, which is henryriverwinery.com. Uh, and let's see. I think I have another couple of... Uh, oh, no, not there. Another couple of wineries that are having stuff coming up here. Let me... Go to it and see. No, not there. No, not there. No, no, no. no, I guess maybe not. I guess that was only. Oh, here we go. Tassel Ridge. I knew there was another. Tassel Ridge Winery, located in Iowa, has events coming up. A lot of them are starting to gear for Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Wine Dinner, February, February 16th at Tassel Ridge. Wine taste begins at 6 p.m. So make your reservations beforehand, and they, let's see, what do they have for the dinner? Let's see if they have it listed here. Uh, I am 21 and older. They are having, I don't know, it doesn't say. Hmm, well, that's odd. They invite me to dinner, and they're telling me what I'm having. So, but they're located at 1681 220th Street, Lighton, Iowa, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N, Lighton, Iowa. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of them at tasselridge.com and check it out if you're in Iowa during, well, any time. It's, it's a great winery. They have a lot of cool stuff, sir, so you can check them out at any time. So uh, check that. they got other stuff, gift shop open and all sorts of things. Uh, they have a newsletter and all sorts of stuff you can get. So Tassel Ridge Winery, been there, great people, a lot of fun. In fact, we inter- uh, talked to the owner and winemaker there a while back and interviewed them and talked with them. Also, Whispering Oaks Winery. They're one not too far from us here. They're up in uh, Oxnard, I think. Or, yeah. Oxford, not Oxnard, Oxnard's California, Oxford, Florida. They are at uh, 10934 County Road 475 in Oxford. Their website, www.winesofflorida.com, and they have steak night every week, Friday and Saturday nights. You can get uh, 16-ounce steak or 12-ounce wild-caught Alaskan salmon, Baked potato, green beans, ranch stall, baked beans, salad bar, and bread for $27.50 per person. Uh, that is every weekend. And they also now have 
beer on tap. So if someone in your party is not a wine drinker, you can still take them there and have beer. They also have a special. Buy any three bottles of wine and get one free of your choice, any of those. So that uh, website is winesofflorida.com. And good. I think those are the four that I had here. I wanted to share those with you. But any winery, if you live close to any winery, check with them. Because Valentine's Day, they usually have some sort of thing going on. Uh, Any number of small things. That could be a wine tasting, a big chunk of chocolate, or any number of things. So check your local winery. If not any of these four I just read you for Valentine's Day, check any of the others. And they... I'm sure we'll be having something going on. Let me give you a little bit of trivia. I haven't done trivia last week, so let me get you caught up on some trivia here. St. Supri Winery in the Napa Valley, which makes delicious Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon, as well as other whites, came up with this perfect, easy Merlot sauce for roast chicken, Cornish hens, and or quail. After you roasted the bird, pour off most of the fat from the roasting pan. Add a cup of very good Merlot, place the pan over medium-sized heat, and cook, stirring occasionally until the liquid is reduced by half. Add a half cup of chicken stock and a half teaspoon of your favorite chopped fresh herbs, sage, thyme, rosemary, any, any of them that you want. Simmer about five minutes. Swirl in a tablespoon of butter and drizzle that over the bird. You won't remember that. I guess maybe I should put that on the website or on the Facebook page. I'll remember that and put it on the Facebook page. I'll try to remember that. A lot of stuff I end up forgetting. Um, Another bit of trivia here. Famous Italian cookbook author Marcella Hazen came up with this very simple way to enjoy chestnuts and red wine and shared it with uh, her cookbook more classic dining cooking take a pound of fresh chestnuts and make a slice in each one so the hard coats will be easier to remove put the chestnut with a cup of fruity red wine like Zimino or Beaujolais along with a pinch of salt and a bay leaf in a pot add enough water to cover the chestnuts cook over a medium flame covered for one hour uncover the pot and cook a little while longer to reduce the liquid some Remove and serve immediately in bowls. So, uh, roast chestnuts almost, isn't it? I'll uh, see if I can remember post that up there, too. And one more bit of trivia here. In the annals of American business, advertising is as comfortable and familiar as a concept as it gets. Okay, so let's say you buy a $30 bottle of wine made in the United States. How much of the cost of that bottle is related to advertising expenses? Usually, very little, if any. Unlike, say, pricey cars or couture clothing, moderately expensive and expensive wines are usually not advertised at all. Generally limited in production, they can sell out based on reputation and word of mouth alone. By contrast, inexpensive wines, often produced in large quantities, do frequently opt to advertise. We've seen barefoot advertisements a lot. That was just my insert there. But here's the surprising part. For far fewer dollars are spent even on those wines than you might expect. Tabulating all the dollars spent on wine advertising in a given year isn't easy, but figures published in Wine and Spirit International for the last year was 2014, gave us a feel for the situation. That year, the United States wine industry spent $123 million on advertising. By contrast, the spirit industry, uh, vodkas and all that, spent $364 million. But no one even came close to the beer industry, which spent some $700 million on advertising. That's more than five and a half times what was spent on wine. And, of course, we see, you know, Budweiser's and all these others all the time, so that doesn't surprise us that that much is being spent by beer companies. That's usually what happens. 
Okay, a couple other things here. Uh, mark your calendar. The 26th Monterey International Wine Competition will be held March 9th and 10th, 2019, at the Salinas Valley Fairgrounds in King City, California. So if you are interested in that, that's going to be in. And if you are a winery and you're listening to this, entry bird, our early bird entry fees, $65 due by the 25th of this month. Late fees, $70 due by the 16th of February. So if you have something you want to enter, or if you want to go out there and visit us, those wine things are fun. Monterey 26th International Wine Competition at King City, California. Monterey, Monterey and King City, California aren't real close. 9th and 10th of March. And we have another one for you here. At the Lake Mirror Promenade, the AFI Wine Festival of Central Florida. This is presented by Public Supermarkets Charities. Tickets are $65 in advance, $75 at the gate. Over 150 wines and spirits, gourmet samplings from local chefs and restaurants, live music from 6.30 to 10 on Friday, March the 8th. I'm just going to find the date. Here we go. Friday, March the 8th. So... Uh, AFI Wine Festival of Central Florida, uh, again at the Lake Mirror Promenade. Isn't that Lake Mirror is the downtown Orlando? Isn't that? Yeah, I'm Lake Mirror. Trying to Lake. I've heard of it. We have a. That's not. Oh, that big man. lake in downtown Orlando is is that Lake Mirror? Well, we have. There's one in uh, Lakeland, and there's one in Winter Haven. Those are the two that I uh, I can see here, and they're lakes. Oh. So I'm going to have to look up AFI. <laughs> AFI Wine Festival um, of Central Florida. Let's see. They don't have a... Well, Central, yeah, let's see. Central Florida. There we go. Um, 6.30 to 10 p.m., and it is located in the heart of downtown Lakeland on the picturesque Francis Langford Promenade, the wine festival of Central Florida features the superior, blah, 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 et cetera. Uh, uh, bold print, italic-sized, uh, special colors, and uh, there you go. Everything else you, you've discussed. Yeah, already, <laughs> already so, said uh, about it. So, Lake Mary's in Lakeland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know why. Oh, it says Central Florida, so I was just thinking Orlando. And that's yeah. So yeah, close. Well, Lakeland, Central Florida too. I mean, yeah, that's it's true. There. Yeah. So just I I just you know no no offense to people in Polk County, but I just me personally, and I'm in Polk County. Um, I just never picture Lakeland as like a wine festival mecca type of you know thing. But hey, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, know, you know, I mean, really, Polk County is not. I mean, you know, God bless them in Polk County, but it's it's, it's redneck Florida. I mean, you know, it's uh, and uh, but you know, it's a good place to have it. It's a beautiful <laughs> setting there. I mean, the promenade around the lake is just is gorgeous, and uh, that the fair to park though, I, that's something else. You're gonna try to squeeze all these people into that. And that's parking is terrible around that area there. So, but that's, that's coming up on March 8th, AFI. It benefits Alliance for Independence, AFI. Uh, it's uh, uh, dis- disabilities. Uh, it, it benefits disabilities uh, council. So, um, actually, they said creating opportunities for adults with disabilities since 1954. So, they've been around quite some time doing this stuff. But if you're interested, you can check out the website uh, here, winefestcfl.com. Or you can call 863-665-3846. But uh, a good deal. I mean, it's it's a, you know, all proceeds go and they're going to have all sorts of wine and food and a bunch of goodies there for you. So uh, something, something good there. 
And while we're talking about things that are coming up, there's another save the date. The 2019 Forks and Corks Food and Wine Festival will be celebrating its 12th year on the 24th to the 27th of this month. And this is presented by the Sarasota Manatee County Originals. Sarasota Manatee Originals. It is taking place at participating Originals restaurants across Sarasota Manatee and Venice, which is a little bit further down the coast. Venice is a nice little town. It really is. If you've never been to Venice, this is a good chance to check it out while you're drinking wine. The 2019 Winemaker Dinners will feature extravagant multi-course affairs with top wineries such as Chateau Lagrange from Bordeaux, Iron Horse Vineyards from Sonoma, California, Paul Glover Wines, Best of Show White Wine from Elgin, South Africa, and others. Diners are being added daily and can be found at eatlikealocal.com slash Forks and Corks slash 2019-events. For reservations, contact participating restaurants directly. So uh, it doesn't say how many and all that, but it goes from Sarasota uh, all the way, you know, Manatee, Sarasota, and down to Venice. So from what I understand, it looks like they're going to have different restaurants offering this with different foods and Depending on what type of restaurant you like, they'll have different ones. I'll have to follow up on that. I'm not going to check it out. That's 24th to 27th. That's this weekend. So, isn't it? Or is that next weekend? That's this weekend. No. Today's 17th. So, it's next weekend. Next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, wow. So, I'll... um, Try to find more information. Let you know next week on that. And okay, let's see. Let's go on here. I got stuff. You know, odds and ends. I've been having around like those things there. I'm going to tell you about a few things. There's something that says out of Beverage Industry Magazine. It says spotting trends in the alcohol industry. It's uh, in 2019. Surveys finding out what is happening. It's a Boston-based Crimson Hexagon. It's a data uh, analytics firm. And they pulled consumer insights about uh, alcohol consumption trends from social media posts, uh, Reddit, online forums, and the likes from 2013 to 2018. And this is what they came up with. Craft beer isn't new on the scene, but data suggests that the interest in craft beer is changing. More women are becoming craft beer drinkers, and the majority of craft beer drinkers are age 35 plus. It almost surprised me that, you know, that puts it out of the millennial range. White wine consumption. 44% male which makes it 56% female. 7% is under 18 <laughs> drink white wine. 24 or 25% is between 18 and 24. 12% between 25 and 34. And 56% is over 35 or 35 plus. Ladies love rosé, as evidenced by the gender breakdown conversations in which females account for 64% of the conversation of rosés. As female consumers mature to 35 and older, a higher percentage are driving the conversations. 57% women love uh, are people over 35. You know, the Wine drinkers, oh, let me finish this. 18 and under, 14% like rosés. Yeah, a little bit sweeter. 18 to 24, 16% of the drinkers. 25 to 34, 13% of the drinkers. Red wine conversation. Men seem to drive the social conversation around red wine. 60% compared with 40% of the women. Women discuss white wine and rosé more than men do. 
again, 40% of the women, 60% of the men. Under 18, 6% of the people say that they drink red wine. 18 to 24, 5%. 25 to 34, 6%. And a whopping 83% of red wine drinkers are over age 35. Which just goes to show most wine drinkers tend to be over 35. You know, you're 83% red, 57% rosés, and 56% in the whites. Oh my gosh, where's, where's the millennials that we're trying to attract in the wine business? That does not bode well for the wine business trying to pull in younger people. Preferences about red and white wines are evolving. Interest in drier white wines, such as Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio, and Chardonnay, are on the rise, whereas the conversation about the Swedish wine, Moscato, has declined to almost 20%. So, there you go. These are trends just based on the simple fact of what was being being discussed and found in social media posts, read it, uh, Reddit, forums, uh, Facebook, things like that. So, I uh, thought that was interesting. If you're over 35, you're the drinkers out there, it seems. That's, just, that's what's happening. All right. Um, a few other odds and ends here. Vintage Wine Estates acquires Gupe brand. Uh, Vintage Wine Estates from Santa Rosa, California, has purchased wine brand Gupe, and that's Q-U-P-E. Uh, founded in 1982, Gupe is internationally recognized for cool climate, high-scoring Arone varietals on California's central coast, like Syrah, Grenache, uh, Rosan, and Marsan. The name Gupe is taken from the Chumash word for poppy, the California state flower. Uh, they said they share the passion for the Syrah and other Arone varieties and have a commitment to quality and sustainability. The purchase included the brand and inventory. And they say uh, the winemaker will stay on and be continuing to consult and make wines. And uh, they're using the traditional, traditional techniques of barrel fermentation, French oak aging. No terms were discussed and no cost. Miami-based Friends Fun Wine and FIFCO, FIFCO, U.S., out of Rochester, New York, announced their intent to enter into a strategic marketing and distribution agreement. Uh, Friends Fun Wine features a collection of fun wine drinks with a 5.5% alcohol by volume and 71 to 94 calories in each of its 4.2-ounce servings with a slide of effervescence. And they are partnering with uh, Fifeco USA family where they have confidence that they're growing flourish and be able to get more of a national distribution and get more of a recognition. I've never heard of Friends Fun Wine, myself, and they're based out of Miami. I, I don't, it's not that I, you know, I haven't been looking for them or anything, but I've never heard of Friends Fun Wine. So they are going in partnership there to try to get Friends Fun Wine more recognizable uh, in uh, around the country. They say they fill a industry gap in the flavor and varieties, and it comes with that lower alcohol by volume of 5.5% and lower calories, and it's uh, it's there to compete with the ultra-light beers and stuff and still be wine. So, uh, oh, Friends Fun Wine. If you all have ever had that, let me know. I've never heard of it. Intelligence behind smart labels. Um, this is just a quick thing. Is if I read through the article, but I just wanted to hit on this lightly. The smart labels that are starting to pop up, they're starting to come out on wine labels more and more and more. You're starting to see them 
here and there, which uh, it's an intelligent label combines a pressure sensitive label with an RFID inlay to create label applications that can store and capture information and wirelessly transmit data. The RFID inlay is made up of an integrated circuit or chip which holds the memory that stores the identification data and an antenna which transmits data to a reader. These two components are built onto a flexible carrier that is then inserted into a finished label. An RFID reader is used to extract the data from the label, which can then be used for inventory optimism, supply chain connectivity, to prevent counterfeiting and increase consumer engagement. And you can get, excuse me, you can get the reader on your phone and just click on it and it will um, tell you. There are different frequencies for the RFID technology. Um, And for example, UHF, which is ultra high frequency, operates at 860 to 960 megahertz. And its primary function is to read a large number of products in a short period of time. Uh, The NFC, near field communications, is a subset of the HF or high frequency that operates at 13.56 megahertz. This is the one that goes in the phones and this is the one that you will be be reading through your phones. So um, the uh, smart labels are being used for lots of stuff though and not just uh, for wines. They're looking at beers and and, uh, spirits and everything. Just all sorts of things out there. But I caught my eye because of the wine possibilities there and having it on your phone so you can just do it. And um, the radio RFID, radio frequency identification technology is what it is, radio frequency. And um, it's different than the uh, QR codes. Um, It's actually built into it with a radio frequency and antenna. So that is on the market that's something that we might be able to see uh, you know within a year or so popping up everywhere on that and let's see here's something else a tell of two beverages wine rises as beer flattens this is out of uh, well actually drug chain review or a drug chain chain drug review um Mike in your uh Grocery stores, department stores, stuff like this. Um, it says that the table wines had a big share of alcoholic consumption uh, being bought out of uh, stores, not liquor stores. This does not include liquor stores. This is just out of uh, well, Walmarts and Walgreens and CVS and all those. I did a lot of them out there. But the wine market according to uh, the research, was roughly $62 billion in 2017. And the wine industry is concentrated with 50 major companies accounting for over three-fourths of the industry revenue. The Wine Group, Constellation Brands, uh, E&J Gallo Winery, and Treasury Wine Estates are the key players in the business. And they make up pretty much most of what you're finding out there on the shelves of all these stores, too. Um, the Gallup portfolio comprises more than 100 brands, which includes Barefoot, Dark Horse, Gallup Family Vineyards, and also uh, premium box wines, the Necker Grape and Vin Vault. So uh, the, no wonder they're going crazy. And these are the ones that you will see in your your um, drugstores, your pharmacy stores and stuff, if they sell wine, it's going to be most of those. And those are the ones that jump off the shelf. If you walk into a Walgreens, you're going to see what, a whole section, whole shelf full of wines and end caps and stuff, but very little beer. You do see beer. It's going to be maybe a, some cases in the cooler, and that's about it. So, no wonder it's jumping out. But wine 
cells are rising in all those, and they're actually have fallen flat for beer cells. Um, let's see. Let's see. Wine has a major distribution through off-train, non-train channels. Uh, so it's, it's you know, well, that's, I said I'm not going to do business talk, and that, that is business talk. But wine rising a lot, a lot in your grocery stores, or not your grocery stores, in your uh, drug stores, your drug chains and stuff. So... Just to let you know, and they got good prices most of the time too. And this is the price range that most people look at in those stores. So, uh, whenever you stop in at Walmart or Walgreens or CVS, most of the time there's prices that are on sale and wines that are on sale, and you can pick them up at a decent price. And that's probably one of the main reasons why those things are selling so well is because they're right there, and people stop in and get them. Oh, this is Redhead Wine, capitalizes on blended wine movement. Um, That's a long article here, but Redhead Wine, a third-generation winemaker of Redhead Wine uh, founders, created uh, quite a name for the company now. You can find Redhead Wine in a lot of places. Recently priced uh, is the... uh, a winemaker is only 23 years old. She is, uh, and she's doing a great job at bringing out the wine to more areas. And she's learned how to create a wine and drink that people like. Uh, it's a blend, redhead wine. Red blend is a medium-bodied wine that is sweet and spicy. The rosé is drier and lighter, crisp, fruit-forward. And she says it has a hint of sassiness. Um, Blends allow the winemaker to create a wine using the best characteristics of multiple wines in one bottle. Um, They have uh, two white wines, Redhead Premium Pinot Grigio and Redhead Semi-Sweet Moscato, which are due out this year, uh, late February uh, and early April, respectively. And they are developing a hard cider. So... uh, uh, look for some of these on your market. They're out there. They're, uh, distribution uh, are in three states, uh, right now all over three states, and they are around Ohio. Uh, they're the, they are the third largest winery in Ohio. They've been in operation for 12 years, Redhead Wine. Third largest winery in Ohio. And uh, distribution is going to be expanded uh, to over 15 states, mostly northeastern United States, but they're looking at doing uh, within the next year, expanding all up and down the east coast of the United States. They are going to be also doing some uh, special holiday uh, release, uh, a bourbon barrel aged wine for the holidays. And uh, let's see, something else there. Uh, they have a sangria, I believe. Yes, they do. They have a sangria and different stuff. So redhead wines, if you're on the East Coast, Upper East Coast, then they're there. Uh, if you're not, look for it. It's going to be distributed. If you're on the West Coast of the United States, and I know I have listeners there, just hang on. I'm sure they are looking at expanding a lot over the next two or three years, and they will probably be national distribution before you know it. Uh, let's see. I don't want to go into that right now. I don't want to do that one right now. We've got 10 minutes on this. I don't want to do that. Next week, I will give you a preview. I'm not going to go into it now. I'll give you a preview. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about new TTB rules. That's the Trade Tobacco Bureau. They got some new rules out uh, for wine labeling and advertising, which you may notice, and that's why I want to talk to you about it a little bit. Their TTP is closed down now. Uh, You can't get into their website because of the government shutdown, but they aren't going to be shut down forever. But they got new rules out now, new things that they're doing. And so I'm going to talk about the new stuff next week. 
Last thing I want to do, the New Wine Enthusiast magazine came in. And in the New Wine Enthusiast is their yearly top 10 best wine getaways. I don't know if you if you get it out there or not, but uh, this, these are pretty cool places. These are great things to see and great places to go. So the top 10 wine enthusiast getaways that they named. Uh, first one, Seattle, Washington. I've been to Seattle. It's a nice, nice town. It really is. The only thing I don't like about Seattle is, and besides the fact it's very green, I love that. But I could never live there a lot. It's very depressing with all the clouds and the moisture. That's why everything's green. But if you're ever in that area, if you ever plan a trip, it is well worth a visit. And there are some fantastic wineries around there. Um, Chateau Saint-Michel, uh, Columbia Winery. Uh, the estate room is a place you can check out some of this, uh, some of these wines. Uh, Eight Bells Winery. So that's that's the first one. Next one, My, Myopo Valley in Chile. Chilean wines are always great. We all know that. And there are some great places down in Chile to visit. Um, Mopa Valley is one of the, is ranked as one of Chile's most picturesque spots. And it actually home to some of the top wineries in the country. So if uh, that is uh, on the list there too. Uh, uh, Conchitoro and uh, Maipa Valley is one that everybody's probably heard of. Next one, travel over to Italy to Lake Garda. Uh, it is located in central northern Italy, north of the boot, actually north of the whole middle part. It's uh, on up in the central, and it's uh, got vineyards all around it. And some classic Italian wines come from, from that area. Plus, of course, you got Italian food and all sorts of different things going on there. So, Lake Corta, Italy. Australia is an action. Tasmania, the island of Tasmania. Uh, it's a little small. They, they refer to it as heart-shaped. It is, I suppose, heart-shaped. Uh, but uh, it's got some, uh, some interesting wines coming out. I've had a couple of Tasmanian wines over the years, and... I was always surprised because this is really cool climate down there, but they're coming out with some some nice wines from the area. Uh, the Chardonnays I've had and all that. Then, Beaujolais, France. We all know Beaujolais. Why do we need to even talk about it anymore? It's just it's a great area. Some great wines. And uh, Beaujolais Nouveau. I haven't had this year's Beaujolais Nouveau, too. I keep forgetting to pick it up. I just... And when I'm doing wine shopping and stuff, it's not prominently displayed anywhere. I I think people have lost their their uh, infatuation with the Beaujolais Nouveau. Uh, I may be wrong, but I just doesn't seem like it sells nearly like it used to. Um, then Temecula Valley, California. That was made famous by the. Uh, movie, and I can't think of the name of it. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Uh, Miles, and he was uh, going through uh, his last last getaway before he got married, and uh, uh, oh, what's the name of it? I can't think of the name of it. But Temecula Valley is where they spent most of their time during that, and it was... Uh, Oh, geez, that's going to drive me nuts. I'm trying to think about it. I know, I know that. Sideways. There you go. I knew I'd eventually think of it. Sideways. The movie Sideways took place in Temecula Valley. And the next one is in Greece. I'm going to destroy this name. Uh, Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki? Thessaloniki in Greece. Um Grecian wines are usually, you think of, very sweet uh, whites, uh, but a lot of reds. And you have 
a lot of grapes that you haven't heard of in that area, although you do have your standard varieties, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Cabernet, Merlot, Syrah, but they also have a white uh, Malaguzia and a white uh, Azretico and some a red called Xenomogro and also a Limoneo and Mavrodi. Oh, forget it. But then Lisboa, Portugal. While you're there, check out some of the ports. That's areas that you're going to find some great ports. Um, named for uh, the coastal wine region of Lisboa is named for Lisbon, the closest key city. And then Switzerland. Lavu, Switzerland, L-A-V-A-U-X, uh, Lavu, Switzerland, uh, located uh, right in the border, uh, southwestern border, but it's uh, next to Lake Geneva and packed full of vineyards all over the place there and wineries. Then Bangkok, Thailand. Never picture Bangkok, Thailand as a wine destination, but you know, according to this, it's there. There's a lot of them. And uh, I've been to Bangkok, Thailand, and I never thought of, of wineries there. Uh, they have uh, one of the biggest wineries, Monsoon Valley Vineyard, which is right outside of town. So there you go. Those are the top tens, according to wine enthusiasts this year. On the mag, uh, on Wine Enthusiast Magazine, top 10 best wine getaways for this year. Oh. And that's it for this week. Hmm. All righty. Um, yeah, I was trying to look up the movie you were talking about. And I go, oh, yeah, I sideways. It. Find all kinds of references. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, and I knew I know the movie. I, I it was interesting. I, I always point out to people too, uh, the movie Sideways is not about wine. It's a chick flick. It's about relationships. It's about this guy having his last flame before he gets um, before he gets married and all that. And it just it's wine is just a thing that ties all together. But it's really not a movie about wine. It's a movie about relationships. And so. If you want to see a movie about wine, there is uh, Bottle Shock, which is which is a fun movie. There's a couple others out yep. now too, and I can't think of the name of those. But um, there's some good wine movies out there if, you, if you're interested in wine movies. Yeah. So I remember. I think I have. Uh, maybe I've seen it or uh, I saw it somewhere that Bottle Shock, and I I don't know why I haven't. Uh, wonder what happened. Good to movie. That. It's a, huh. it's I was going to watch it. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It tells about the uh, the tasting in France where California wines, the Cabernet Sauvignon and a Chardonnay beat out all these great French wines and and hmm. shocked everybody. So, yeah. Wow. Well, um, so I guess there you we go. have our topic topic for next week, and uh, so that's it. And make sure I close this out. I guess we are good for this week. So the next week will be the 24th uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget the date and uh, join us live if you can. If not, uh, we still appreciate you tuning in on the archives and uh, keeping up with us. That's that's always great. And what else? The um, That's right. That day, that was the one you said the uh, event starts. Um, that's the start. Forks, forks and Corks, yeah, the 24th. Or through the 27th. Yeah. So, I'm going to look some good. more up on that. I'll have some more information next week about that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, don't know. I, I didn't just <laughs> know. I, I guess whatever restaurant you eat at, that's, I don't know. I'll, I'll find out more about it also. Yeah. Sounds like you have to go. It's not just one location. You have to go to different locations, I guess, is what it sounds like. Right. So, that's what it sounds yeah. like. And, I, you know, is all the wines going to be at each of the locations or? Certain ones going to mm. feature certain. I don't know. I need to yeah, dig into that next more. week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let you know we'll next week. It. Tune in next week. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, we'll see you all. Thank you again for tuning in and uh, enjoy it. 
And um, don't forget wine pairing uh, for National Cheese Day on Sunday. Uh, that's always a good time. And <laughs> we'll see you all. Yeah. Well, see you, yeah, all you can go crazy on that. All kinds of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good week. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.